Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Gessman along with Jared Dubois. And on today's show, we're going to recap the 3-1 victory over the San Jose Earthquakes that took place last weekend. We'll take your calls and hear from the COG hotline on what you thought of the California Classico. Then we're going to shift focus over to LA Galaxy 2 as head coach Kurt Anolfo and captain Jack McBean get us ready for our Los Dosas opening weekend against Arizona United as both gentlemen join us on the show. Finally, we'll wrap up the night with all your LA Galaxy news and anything else you want to talk about. Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com starts right now. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Now, here are your hosts. Josh Gessner and Jared Dubois. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh Gessner, Mr. Jared Dubois with you after an L.A. Galaxy 3-1 victory over the San Jose Earthquakes. We're, uh, we're glad to be talking some, some L.A. Galaxy soccer after a win, although I feel like it, you know, the Galaxy have won two out of their first three games. I don't know how much we can really complain all that much. Jared, Jared, how are you doing? Uh, I could be better. I mean, I had a rough entry tonight. <laughs> you did. You did. You had to strap in a little bit there. A little bit of car trouble. Not yours, your wife's, but you, but you rescued her. So you did your husbandly duties and then ran back to uh, to host the show. It's literally the most manly thing I've ever done for her. <laughs> did you go? Did you lift up the hood and be like, hmm? I've... I did. And I think I actually diagnosed the problem. But I just couldn't fix it. <laughs> the engine fell out. Is that? I I, I honestly, I'd be lost. I, no, I, I worked not, at an auto parts store through college. That's how I made my way through college, so I can do some stuff. I work my way through college at a shooting range and a golf course, so I'm pretty Wait, much shooting range like guns. Yeah, like, like guns. Yeah. I do not see the boat shoe wearing New, Orange County, Newport, Josh Guessman I mean, at a gun range. I mean, I was I was a different person in college. Clearly, I mean, worked at the golf course. My roommate worked at the shooting range, and I'd go in and help. I mean, that would that would be what it was. So I ran over there, did did that, worked it out. Have you ever shot a gun before you worked there? No. Oh, I would have loved to have been there the first time you shot a gun in front of everyone and probably was like, oh, my God, that, that was so loud. That, that was crazy. Yeah, no, it was, it, was, uh, it was interesting. It was definitely an experience, and I'm glad that I did it. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things I think everybody should know how to do. But I, my parents and grew up in back Are you east. a better shooter than Giovanni Dos Santos? Uh, no. No, no. I don't know, man. He hasn't. He can't, he can't. He wasn't shooting that well at the beginning of the season. If I ever had to defend myself, I'd I'd hope I'd just scare the person. I mean, really, that's what it that's what it would come come down to. But uh, fortunately, that or, or fortunately so far, knock on wood, whatever, I haven't had to do that. So uh, regardless, uh, always good. Let's actually get to the LA Galaxy. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, now that you've survived your car scare and we found out that I worked at a shooting range and a golf course, the golf course lines up with everything, though, doesn't it? Oh, that's so one hundred percent white Orange County. You there we go. So th- so that makes a hundred percent sense there. All right. So uh, the LA Galaxy beat the San Jose Earthquakes, Jared, three to one. Uh, the LA Galaxy helped out by a red card deep in first half stoppage time. Um, clearly, that uh, that sort of helped to open the floodgates for three goals in the second half. Two goals by Giassi's artist, one by Captain Robbie Keane after he drew the penalty kick and then converted the penalty kick. It, it should be noted. Uh, Robbie Keane has two goals so far in three games. Robbie Keane has not converted either one of those from the run of play, and it's something the LA Galaxy seem to be having difficulty doing is, is getting Robbie Keane the ball. Yeah, I, I think they're struggling to find that that partner with him. I mean, it was funny when uh, St. Patrick's Day came around, the LA Galaxy put out a, a video of all of Robbie Keane's goals with LA. I'm not sure. Did you watch that one? 
Uh, yes, I did. It was a lot it's of goals. Like Twenty one minutes or something. <laughs> yeah, like that. it's and, a long time. But what's what was amazing to me, and I didn't realize it till I watched that video, was how much this team misses Landon Donovan. Yeah, like watching the way he would create space, create chances, and combine with Robbie Keane, we have no one that's even close to doing that with him. No, no, and and really, since Landon Donovan left, I mean, you have missed that that creative force, somebody who's able to create besides Robbie Keane. If you look across the whole LA Galaxy roster, this is my biggest knock on them, and I even said in this game, without the red card, the LA Galaxy we're probably going to score a goal, but I'm not sure they get more than one, and I'm not sure they win the game. It could have been a one-one game if it ends up being eleven versus eleven, because the first half they played good, they created chances, they didn't finish any of them. Um, which I've, I, I've certainly been, been knocking them for is, is not creating enough chances. Uh, they didn't finish any of them, but then the red card comes in the, in, at the end of the first half. The LA Galaxy really just sort of overran San Jose there in the second half, and Jossie Sardis scores two goals. That's great. Love it. One yeah, more. I think it's important to get him going. Uh, I think he's struggled. He's struggled to begin the season. Um, I, he, was, he hasn't been able to beat many uh, defenders. He did much better on the wing on the left side um, this game. Uh, getting getting behind guys, trying to get some good service in. Service wasn't too great, uh, but I, I I think him getting two goals is a fantastic way to get his confidence going again. Um, he, he just hasn't looked that good. Uh, he hasn't, and to be fair, most of the Galaxy offense hasn't. Right. Uh, what I did like out of this game is I did like the movement of Sebastian Legette up front. Yes. I, not something I thought I would like. I mean, obviously, he kind of went back and forth between a a third uh, midfielder pushing forward and a, and a pure striker playing next to him. That was kind of... He seemed to go back and forth in that role on the right-hand side. But I did like him getting more into the offense. I thought he looked fantastic uh, on Saturday night. But what you did – I'm not sure if you noticed this, Josh. I'm not sure how much it came across on the TV that for those folks that weren't there to watch it live. I was there. You were there. Yes. Did you notice how many times he and Robbie Keane looked frustrated with each other? A lot. Off the ball. A lot. But uh, to, to be fair, Robbie Keane gets frustrated with everybody. Yeah, know, but it's amount. not often you see a guy get frustrated with Robbie Keane. Legette was waving his hands and like visibly frustrated with uh, Robbie Keane a number of times in the game. Yeah, yeah, he was, and it was, you know, it's both ways. I don't know that they play a whole bunch together. I heard in training that they trained in that particular lineup, which, of course, does, shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, so I heard they trained it, but, I mean, how often have we seen Sebastian Legette as a striker up top paired with Robbie Keane? I don't think I've ever yeah, seen I think it. a lot of the time I found them when – a lot of the frustration looked to become when Legette would come inside – I think that's Robbie Keane's territory mm. uh, when he's kind of falling into that pocket uh, in front of the back four. And I think sometimes they would stack up right there and there's a little miscommunication about whose space that was. Right. I think Legette was much better when he got a little bit further wide. I mean, he did some fantastic work on the right-hand side in that first half, uh, keeping plays alive, uh, nice little movements to get behind defenders. I thought he had a really strong game, probably the best game, even with Jossie Zardes, two goals in the night. It, it, it's both it, kind of fell to him. It, it's hard not to say that Jossie Zardes was sort of the man of the match because he scores two goals. And, and granted, he did great. But, I mean, if you're looking for Jossie Zardes to do things, that's what he does. He's he's that finisher. So he pounced and trounced on both of those opportunities there. I mean, Yeah, I'd, I'd probably put three guys ahead of Jossie Zardes on the night. I, thought, I think I, uh, Sebastian Legette, yes. uh, 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 Yelly Van Damme, Absolutely. and uh, Ashley Cole. Absolutely. I think, I think if you're looking at that, which is great to see uh, the defense. And Brian Rowe. Him. I mean, shout out to Brian Rowe. Didn't have to do much, which was yeah. good. I mean, obviously, with, with the LA Galaxy. I'll, I'll ask you this. Okay, obviously, Steven Gerrard got the start. Um, he was only in there for, for four minutes, uh, and then he had to come out injured. I like describing my love life. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes, mine too. Um, you know, Steven Gerrard comes out injured. You know, there's a lot of talk about how the LA Galaxy played better without him. And I think that that's that you, you can't take anything wrong? from that. I don't think you can take anything from this game because... Oh, get out of here. You, you had can't. 42 minutes of play before Red Card came out without Steven Gerrard. And you're not telling me that team looked better? I think Steven Gerrard had an excellent game against Colorado. So oh my I don't God. think... No, excellent? I did you yes. use the word excellent? Yes, he did. He was, I, think he was the best, I think he was the best player on the team. Now, okay, so if you want to rate it that way, he was the best player on the team in Colorado. The problem was, of course, that... Uh, the LA Galaxy didn't overall didn't play that game that well, so maybe that says nothing. But I was yeah, looking. I, think, I think Van. I, I mean, I think uh, I think Nigel De Jong probably was the best player in Colorado. To be that's, that's my well. feeling, and that that's not, that's not saying much. No, no, uh, it wasn't. wasn't a very good game. The defense played really well in Colorado. It was just happened in the ninety fourth minute that they couldn't clear a ball, and you know it ends up happening. I, so, actually, I'll take it back. I think Steris had the best 
93 minutes of any player in that game. <laughs> Unfortunately, his 94th minute sort of uh, you know takes that down and, and didn't crashes. he look fantastic he over did. the first two games? He did. He played excellent. Loved. Looked very good. Looked very good in this game as well. I, I I can't really fault the guy other than one poor clearance. Right. Um, it's unfortunate, but I think he's had a fantastic start to the season. I think he's. Um, I think he's a hot hand right now that you got to keep. You got to keep with if you're uh, Bruce Arena because he is looking more advanced than his age would would uh, normally allow him. And I think he he and Van Damme, I don't think that there's many people that are going to beat many teams that are going to beat those two guys in the air. Well, well, it, it's it's interesting because you get Bruce has sort of found a lineup that allows him to have sort of the twin towers. We always talked about how Bruce loves to have tall guys in the middle, and yeah. it makes sense, and and that's fine. The only problem that hurts you with is speed. But Steris can run; he's not yeah. horrible. And, and Van Dam and, and, and Van Dam was a fullback for most of his career, right? So he can run, and so you saw a lot of that. I mean, literally, you look at you know the back four of the LA Galaxy with Rogers, Steris, Van Dam, and Cole, and Rogers probably had the worst game of those four and yeah. Robbie played I think still pretty well I mean overall I was not disappointed with his play um, <clears throat> yeah I think I think he and McGee did well together when uh, I think playing McGee on the right and letting Jossie's artists go over to the left I think Robbie Rogers had a better understanding with Mike McGee than um, Jossie Zardes and he did for a few games when they were playing next to each other. Right. Uh, I think Rob Rogers did have an improved game over. He has had a poor start to the season. I think this was an improved game for him. Um, and then uh, what I will say, we were talking about Van Damme and like his fullback background. You can tell that he's a guy comfortable going forward. Oh, so comfortable. Uh, I mean, now granted, in this game, down a man, he probably took more liberties than he normally would. But right. He's like Shaq running the pray, the the break back in the day. <laughs> you know, you got the center back like carrying the ball up the middle of the field. That's dangerous when it comes to eleven on eleven on a better team. He is so you see how he plays out on the field, and you would expect him to be this huge like you know whenever he talks to the press that he that he sort of has this commanding voice and everything. He's so soft spoken when he talks to the press. It's almost like he he's apologizing for being six three, and he he tries to shrink down a little bit, but. He is one of the funniest guys in the locker room by far. I have some post-game sound that I want to play definitely uh, talking about Yellow Van Dam because clearly he was sort of the uh, the focus uh, assisting or, or at least uh, being involved in, in two of the goals. Yeah, that- you can definitely see he's got personality and he wants to be up there in the attack. Even when the set plays, it takes him a long time before he gives up on a set play and actually goes back to defense. Where other center backs, you see as soon as that cross comes in and it's not on, they start sprinting back. He hangs out. Well, and he took and he took a responsibility for the fact that the Galaxy gave up a goal there on a counterattack, and he said, "I got too far forward. That's my responsibility. You know, it's one of those things that, that that's how it is." And he goes, "And I and I take that seriously, and that's a downside of this." But overall, yeah, he loves to get forward. Let me uh, let me play you some some audio, some post game audio from these guys because some of this is hysterical. Uh, Mike, it was a, it was a good it was a good feeling in the locker room afterwards. Everybody was having a good time, and Yellow Van Dam is, I think, uh, the leader in the clubhouse right now of being the class clown of everything. So it, it's just sort of fun to see how he uh, he interacts with everybody. So here is Mike McGee talking about Yellow Van Dam. It's a little bit long, but but listen to uh, to Mike McGee talking about uh, Van Dam. Yeah, it wasn't me. We, we Damn. Have to be doing too. You I know. I would I would have taken it. Yeah. But but Yellow, what does he add offensively this team? Oh, he's a beast. He's he's a handful, and he and he wants to score goals, and um, he wants to get on the end of things, and he'll, he'll throw his body into plays he he, he probably shouldn't. Um, and, and and tonight it was it was the difference in the game. He also sends long. He sent four or five long balls to put you guys into good position. Yeah, he he gave me two that I I trapped into out of bounds. Um, I don't know why. And then and then obviously our uh, our second goal he, he he played it perfect. Um, I, I would have been in, and their guy got a foot on it, and you know the rest is history. All right, and and here is uh, Mike McGee talking about uh, whether or not he thinks uh, Yellow Van Dam, or or uh, he was asked whether or not he thinks Yellow Van Dam is overlooked with his offensive uh, prowess. I have not, uh, I, I was unaware that he was getting overlooked. Um, but yeah, no, normally, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think when you see big dudes like that all tatted up and bald heads, you, you kind of assume they're going to be a donkey, you know. And he's he's the opposite. He's the opposite, you know. He's he can hear me. He's, you know? <laughs> um, he's he's the opposite. He's he's clever and, he, and he's got good vision. He can run with the ball and. Um, you know, and obviously he does the dirty work as well, so it, it works out nicely for us. So, so Yellow Van Dam, Jared, uh, not a donkey. All did you ask up. that question? I did not. That was, uh, I believe, that was Larry Morgan, who's on the show all the time. Larry Morgan asked that question. You also heard Scott French uh, talking to Mike McGee in there as well. So, I think those were the two. I did not ask the question if he was over. Okay. I, I thought it was good though. I enjoyed that particular thing. Now, the other thing you have to understand is that Nigel De Jong 
who, who, if you heard our last show, is probably going to start in an L.A. Galaxy video entitled Pinky and the Brain, where he plays the brain and Yellow Van Dam plays Pinky. It's a genius idea. Uh, Tukni Nguyen, who was on the show, suggested it in the press box, and I made her talk about it on the, the last show, The Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. But uh, Nigel De Jong and, uh, and Yellow Van Dam have known each other for a while, are like best friends, Jared. Um, they joke it, around it, with each other. It's that Northern European flair. It is. It is. Whatever it is, it's just, it's, it's, ado- for, I think it's adorable to watch, quite honestly. And Nigel de Jong, despite his. Despite, yeah, they just get together and talk about how many bones they've broken over the course of a career <laughs> it, of other, of other people. It, it has to be. But I mean, you, you, you think about Nigel de Jong and just the guy he is in reputation around, you know, around the world of, of, like you said, breaking bones and being this dirty player. And I don't know if I've met a nicer guy whenever he's talking to the press. Just so nice. Um, ridiculous has a good sense of humor and everything. I want to play you uh, Nigel de Jong talking. Unfortunately, while he was talking, Yellow Van Dam decided to play the Dutch national anthem. So uh, here's that audio. What's good? What's good? <laughs> what is he doing? Is it a national anthem? The Dutch national anthem? He's figuring you won't talk, then you'll just gather attention. Switch it. Come on, man. Yellow. <laughs> His brother right here. Just different. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, you've known uh, you've known Yella for a while. Has he always had this type of attacking acumen? Um, to be honest, he always been like that, Joe. He's just a uh, just a dumbass. Like he got he got he got to act to his age now. You know what I mean? It's over thirty years old, man. You gotta 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 be an adult once in your life. All right, so I just wanted to sort of bring you guys... The only way he could have deared himself more with Americans is if he had called them Old Yellow. Old Yellow, yes. Yeah, no, Nigel Nigel and DeYoung get along great. You know, Mike McGee and, and Yellow Van Dam. Yellow seems like he's the guy who's just, like, having fun all the time, is always pressing guys on, uh, on, on you know, like, always the jokester. And, but you can tell that it translates well from the locker room out onto the field as well because it seems like Yellow Van Dam is always having fun as well. So it's just, it's an interesting dynamic that I think you know all the listeners should pay attention to because I think that you want that positive sort of having fun in the locker room atmosphere and you want it to be light and after a win that's a good time for it to be that way and and that's important all these new guys that they brought in Nigel de Jong Yellow Van Dam may end up being the absolute best signings the LA Galaxy made uh, over the last two years that's including you know Steven Gerrard and Giovanni dos Santos yeah I think that's a I think it's a good shout um I think Nigel de Jong is still feeling his way um I th- it's going to be tough. I mean, he's had, uh, he came in, tried to start. It's hard to have that center back, excuse me, that uh, center midfield relationship. And I'm sure he and Steven Gerrard were working hard on it. And now you're three games into the season and that's being disrupted. Uh, I think Baju Husidic, um, I think he, he got caught in a in bad situation a few times, but I think for, I think for what you want out of that game, Baju Husidic was the right sub for Bruce Arena. He's going to be active, he's going to be smart most of the time. And he's not going to overextend himself. And I think once Steven Gerrard gets hurt, I think you you're, the game changes. You're not going to play through the middle nearly as much. And I right. think that benefited L.A., to be honest with you. I think they're more dangerous on the wings than they are through the middle. It seems um, that way. I, and, I but agreed. I think they're more industrious through the middle. And I think uh, Colorado – sorry, not Colorado uh, – San Jose, I think I – I don't know what San Jose is yet. I, I, I don't I'm, think I'm a little does. bit the the whole Chris Rondelowski experiment they started at the end of last season of him playing in midfield it perplexes me I'm not sure what the identity is I do know that um, the Galaxy did a very good job of shutting down Quincy Ameriqua and that's not easy with the type of speed that he has yep absolutely. so but once they were able to neutralize Ameriqua I didn't I found them to be kind of toothless otherwise well here is uh, Bruce Arena you were talking about Both the important. injuries excuse me as I uh, started too soon uh, you were talking about injuries uh, Bruce says that you know yes these injuries are affecting the team but that he's kind of okay with it because he's he wants to see what happens with the depth on this team we talked about the depth being a huge issue with this team as far as this may be one of the deepest LA Galaxy teams that have that has ever played, um, and so this is sort you of say that. But if, I mean, you got Jose Villarreal hurt, right. Danny Kennedy hurt, right. Giovanni Dos Santos hurt. I mean, listen, Jose Villarreal was the guy you were looking to to probably be your number one guy off the bench. Mike McGee obviously has taken that role and actually turned it into a starting role in the meantime, right? But 
I think not having Jose Villarreal is going to be a huge thing if they don't get him back and healthy. It, it is. I think Jose Villarreal, I think Giovanni Dos Santos has proven that he can't stay healthy. I mean, you look at his time with the LA Galaxy, he came in injured, never really got 100% throughout that whole second half of the season. He's now injured again. That's a huge deal. He's not getting call-ups from Mexico. I know this was a, a discussion on some of the some of the uh, message boards that talking about Giovanni Dos Santos and not getting a call from Mexico. It's like he's been injured. How can he? He hasn't even come close yeah, to Yeah, I think form. it's going to be a tough stretch for LA because if these guys can't get healthy, you let Nacho Maganto go. Right. Raul Mendiola's hurt as well. Uh, the, yep. I mean, Nacho Maganto's being let go because Raul Mendiola is supposed to step into that role and be more than one of the bench, the core bench guys. And now you're out both of them and Jose Virial. Yep. Just Lovrentowitz, who could be a serviceable center midfielder if you need it. He's hurt too. Trained with the LA Galaxy fully for the first time on Wednesday, probably about two weeks away from being match fit again. So yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, uh, granted, what you can do immediately if you need to is you move Alan Gordon. If he's healthy, obviously he got some minutes this game. If he's good enough to start, you put him up top of Robbie Keane and you slot the Sebastian Legit into midfield and you're, you, you can, you can bridge you that can gap and plug that hole for the meantime. Alan Gordon was injured too. Don't forget that. So he's just coming off of injury as well. I mean, there's a lot of injuries, but I'm telling you the LA Galaxy are surviving. They still have guys like Bradford Jamison the fourth that they haven't even put on the field yet. Um, Jose Villarreal looks like he may be close to coming back. So, you know, you have somebody like Jose Villarreal that might be coming. But here's Bruce talking about uh, the injuries, how it's affecting him, and then also a little bit looking ahead to that Vancouver game that's coming up uh, next week. Well, it's important, and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, obviously concerned about it, but uh, I'm also looking forward to seeing some other guys that get on the field and and help us. So uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll figure out what we're going to do. Certainly, uh, the travel for the international players will be difficult. And uh, likely, when we go to Vancouver, we're going to have uh, a number of changes in the lineup. And that's, that's good to see where we're at with some of those players. There you go. So Vancouver could have a lot of changes, not to mention playing on turf. You have three guys away on international duty, A.J. Delagarza with Guam, uh, Giossi Zardes with the U.S. Men's National Team, and Robbie Keane with Ireland. So those are your three Yeah, but it comes at a good time for L.A. It does. It does. A lot of these guys can rest up a little bit, get a little bit healthy. Bruce Arena can look at some tape and see what's worked and what hasn't worked over the first few games of the season. I think um, I think a lot I, hasn't worked, Jared. By the way, I think that Bruce is is hasn't figured this lineup out yet. At least, the, who and he it's hard too because it is changing. Like we said, the injuries are making some changes for him. Um, but I think Vancouver represents the first real test of the season. Oh, I think I think that that's going to be great. Again, an away game, the LA Galaxy, not good with away games. We've we've seen it many 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 times now, all through last season, already in Colorado, giving up a late goal. So it's going to be a great test. Obviously, in Vancouver, playing on the carpet. Um, that those are all difficult things to do, and I think. I think you're right. The first real test of this season comes against a very good Vancouver team. It's going to be uh, interesting to see. Obviously, no uh, no game this week, Jared. FIFA international break. There are six MLS teams that are playing. The LA Galaxy, not one of them. So lucky for the LA Galaxy on uh, this particular FIFA date. That's good. Uh, but LA Galaxy 2 will be playing on Saturday night. This is the first time you'll hear me say it. And I'll probably say it about six or seven times before the show is over as well. So the LA Galaxy get the win 3-1. to one. Over the San Jose Earthquakes, a 10-man San Jose Earthquakes. Who knows how that game goes if it's 11 v. 11. All interesting things as far as uh, how that all comes down. But what I'm going to do is we're going to go ahead and take a break. Whenever I get back, I'm going to be joined by LA Galaxy 2 head coach, Kurt Anolfo. And then we also have Jack McBean, captain of LA Galaxy 2, coming up after that. So we got a bunch to talk about still. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Recording from COG Studios and not their mom's basement, it's Corner of the Galaxy. Hello everybody and welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh Gessman with you. Jared will be back to join us in uh, just a couple segments here. 
But it is a big week for LA Galaxy 2 as we uh, as they get ready to kick off the season opener for USL. A, a big night at StubHub Center as there's going to be some tailgating going on. Alan Gordon's going to be out there. Uh, free parking, $2 beers, $2 tacos, all the fun stuff that comes along with LA Galaxy 2. And to help us preview that game and talk about that game, we're joined by LA Galaxy 2 head coach Kurt Anolfo, a man who's been on uh, with us many times before. Kurt, thanks for uh, stopping by again. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to being on the show and, and talking about the upcoming season. And it is, it is a lot of fun. You got the tacos, you got the $2 beers. You, it's a, it's a fun event for, for families. And, you know, you have some of the, you know, some of the future stars of the LA Galaxy playing. So we encourage all the fans listening that are available to come out Saturday night and support us. Yeah, absolutely. Saturday night, March 26th, 7.30 p.m. is game time. It's in the main stadium, so if uh, you were looking for that small, intimate feel over on the track and field stadium, you're going to get the main stadium this time, which I think is even more fun, so uh, just be sure to check that out and head there. Kurt, I want to start by talking about the offseason with you. Uh, what was it like coming, uh, w- let's see, within seconds, possibly, of, of winning USL Championship and then having to go and, and reset and really start rebuilding this team over again, as it, as it usually is? Yeah, I mean, it was obviously it was a really great year uh, last year and culminated with, you know, putting in a really good run in the playoffs and then being a, a minute away from winning the USL championship. We were Western Conference champions, so we're, we're proud of that. And obviously we're, um, you know, a, a step short of winning a championship. And, you know, our, our, our project has a lot of objectives. You know, number one goal is to develop players and, and help make the LA Galaxy's first team uh, deeper and better. And, you know, last from last year to this year, we signed four players. So that's really tremendous. So we know we're checking off that box. And we want to continue to put a good product on the field and, and, and try to win as well. So it's not always easy because of the change and the dynamic of the team. Right. Um, and, you know, as soon as the season was over, we licked our wounds after uh, not quite winning that championship and just kind of, you know, uh, started working hard to put together what we feel like is a good a good group of players for this year. Well, Kurt, you and I have talked before about the objectives of LA Galaxy 2, and like you said, you know, the, the bottom line is that you're trying to produce players that make it up to the senior team, up with uh, the LA Galaxy. You had Daniel Starris, uh, Dave Romney, Clement Diop, and Ariel Lasseter all signed with the senior team, so like you said, check that off. Those are those are huge successes, but yeah. that, that, that also puts you in, in probably a little bit of a different spot with um, understanding that perhaps winning a championship isn't the number one goal. That's That's hard to balance, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, and, and then it's a learning process. And I'll give you an example, you know. So if we have a player that is a young player and maybe needs to get hardened and understand how it, how it is to be uh, performing when things are going tough, there may be a, a time in the game where a younger player is fading physically at, you know, the 70-minute mark or so, and we decide not to take him out because he has to fight through it. Right. And you may, in that period of time... Uh, give up a goal. So, I mean, those are all the things. And then there's times where you're bringing a 17-year-old, 18-year-old into a game to help manage the lead. Mm-hmm. And they've never done it before, so they make mistakes. And But that's that's all part of the project, and we we, uh, we embrace that. Um, you know, our motto is that, you know, all, we want to make sure we're improving every day. And last year, you know, quite frankly, we, we started out the season 0-3-1. We had three losses and a tie. It took us five games to get our first win. Right. And, you know, it didn't, it didn't phase us. We were just, you know, we told ourselves we're going to get better each day, and we weren't the best team to begin the season. But towards the end of the season, you can make a strong argument that we were. So um, it was fun to see how quickly the young players uh, improved and, and, and how the process of Galaxy 2 uh, has just helped us um, streamline players in the first team. How has the preseason gone for you guys? Lots of goals being scored, uh, uh, particularly by uh, your your newly named captain, Jack McBean, who's going to join us on the show here just a little bit later. But how has this preseason gone? Have you noticed a difference between last year and maybe this year? Well, yeah, I mean, it, first of all, it's been a long preseason, and uh, and I'm fine with that because, you know, I I don't really necessarily look at it as preseason. I just look at it as opportunity to continue to bring these younger players forward and to position themselves to be successful professionals. So, 
the more time, the better, quite frankly, because we just have so much work to do. I mean, every single week we plan out and it's, there's so much detail involved and we just, we want to get better in every aspect of what we're doing. So, um, the more time on the field, quite frankly, the better. So, but it's been a good preseason in terms of there's been progress. We've gotten better. Um, we've played some difficult games, uh, and then we played some other games where we just really showed well, and it, it ended up being probably a little bit too easy for us. So, um, we did score a lot of goals in preseason, but now it's a new animal once the season starts and we're playing against USL teams and, you know, we play Arizona on Saturday and they have a great coach in Frank Yaw, who's won two MLS Cup championships as a coach and he's put together a very experienced team. So we'll be playing a team that's significantly older than us, but that's okay because we have an exciting group that's well, well trained and ready, ready to uh, start the season off the right way. Who can, can you give us some of the players to keep an eye on as we start this season? Maybe some of the guys who have, uh, who have looked good in preseason or, or some of the players that you're excited about. I know you, I know you don't have time to talk about all of them, but just give us a couple highlights. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, and I don't like to spend too much time on, on individual players, but we have, you know, really all the way through the team, there's excitement. There, there really is. We have, you know, our captain is Jack McBean and he scored nine goals in, in preseason, just came off a really good year. Um, and his hold up play has been, has enabled, uh, some of our really talented younger players, you know, uh, Ari Lasseter, who's obviously signed with the first team that will get minutes at times with us. Right. Bradford Jameson, same thing. Uh, Raul Mendiola, um, <clears throat> Adonis Amai has done a good job in, in, in those, in, in those situations. We have Denzel Slager, who's, uh, you're really doing a, an excellent job wide and he's got, he's got good pace. Mm-hmm. Um, Rio Fuji's had a good preseason. So is Adrian Vera, you know, Cover Rubius is more, more in the center. And, you know, so those are just some of our attacking players, but we have, uh, you know, and I'm pretty much, you know, mentioning everybody because right. that's just kind of what we have. We have a whole bunch of young players that keep getting better and, and are exciting to watch. So hopefully uh, we'll have fans to come out and see us. Yeah, and also uh, the LA Galaxy's first-round draft pick signed with you, Josh Turnley. So if everybody's wondering where he's at, he's down on LA Galaxy 2 now. That that really is... Um, that, that's one of the bonuses of having this USL team is the ability to develop some of that talent. Maybe that's not a hundred percent ready for major league soccer or might be right on the borderline. This gives guys games. That's really what the, the focus of LA galaxy two is. Yeah, it? absolutely. I mean, if you look around the league, there's very few rookies that get an opportunity to play. So each year, less younger players are getting the opportunity to play in MLS. So you have to have a, a platform for these guys to develop and, you know, the Galaxy 2 has done that. And the, and, the, and, the, and the big thing is also just, you know, um, bridging that gap from our academy. Our academy is really talented. We have, um, you know, our U18 and U16 teams and U14 teams are some of the top teams in the nation. And it's, so it's just it's how do we bridge that gap and keep, you know, keep pushing those players along. And some of them will go on to college, continue to develop them, and then we'll – sign them just like we did, you know, like a player like Nathan Smith, who spent three years at UCLA, which is an excellent program, right? which helped in his development. So um, it's, it's definitely exciting times. And the thing is, is the motivation is there, the excitement's there. Uh, and it's, and it's just a matter of, of teaching these young guys, um, you know, their trade and helping them to understand what it takes on a daily basis to succeed in, in a difficult league like MLS. And then obviously to play for, a great club like the LA Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, all bonuses. And as somebody told me, you know, this is this is men playing against men. Whenever you have professionals playing against that, and, and it's sort of a uh, you know the different level. And you talked about the academy. The great deal with the academy, from what I understand, is USL doesn't penalize uh, any teams. You're allowed to have, I think, up to five academy players on your roster yeah. at any at any yeah. one point. So I mean, that's a huge advantage being able to take, like you said, the U16s, the U18s, and being able to bring them into a professional atmosphere. Again, men playing soccer. There's uh, there there's no high out on the field in USL is there. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> it, it, it's, and it's a lot of fun. Quite honestly, USL is a, is a, a different animal altogether in Major League Soccer. Um, there's a lot of really fast guys, and the action is usually pretty fast, too. So make sure you get out and, yeah, and, and check yeah, it out. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a very good league. I mean, if you look at 
just the success, you know, this this early on in the season with Daniel Stairs mm-hmm. yes. stepping into the first team, you know, um, opportunity, you know, presented itself. There was an injury, obviously, with Leonardo. It gives Daniel an opportunity to step in. He's done a good job. And it just shows you that, you know, over the past two seasons, he was probably our most consistent player. And he was just outstanding last year and just great in, in the final. So it's encouraging when you see players like that able to step in and do a, a you know, not just an adequate, an adequate job, but an excellent job. So um, that's our goal. We just, we want to, we want to continue to just push the bar, make these kids and these young players better each day so that when they're called upon, they can succeed. And it's, you know, hopefully we'll have more of these success stories as this, as this progresses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Before I let you go, I want you to take a look at the matchup on Saturday. There's actually two matchups pretty much back-to-back here. You have a Saturday game against Arizona United, and then you have a Wednesday game against St. Louis that you're hosting as well. So uh, both of those games at 7.30 on Saturday and on Wednesday. Talk about the Arizona game. You, you talked about Frankie Yellup and, and the roster that he's put together. What do you expect out of Arizona? Uh, there, As always, he always has, you know, they have a very good attacking group. They have a lot of speed in their attack, and they have a lot of experience. So they're going to be extremely hard to play against. They'll be well organized defensively. You get a lot of service in the box. So, uh, and we're playing in a, you know, inside the stadium, which the field is great. It's great, you know, good size. So I, I would expect a really entertaining game. Um, you know, we've seen to, uh, we've scored some goals in preseason and so have they. So I would expect a game that, uh, you know, where the ball's been put in the back of the net quite a few times. So, we're looking forward to it. We, we, uh, you know, it's there's definitely a little bit of the unknown in the first game because you, you don't have as, as much information on the opponents that you're playing against, which makes it really great because now the players have to solve a lot of the issues on the field. So it's going to be a great matchup. And then we play St. Louis a couple of days later, um, also in the main stadium uh, on Wednesday, and, and they're a very good team as well. Yeah, it should be a, a lot of fun. Again, Saturday, 7.30 p.m., it's LA Galaxy 2 Los Dos facing off against Arizona United SC. You can still get tickets for that. Some of you even got free tickets. Alan Gordon tailgating, $2 beers, free parking, $2 talk. I don't know what else I, we need to provide for you guys to get out there to this game. I will be their coach. So, uh, they, so I mean, the, the game itself will be great entertainment. I tell you what, these, when you see how hard these young players work and how hard they're trying to, you know, Prove themselves to, you know, to better themselves individually and then collectively how they come together. It's, it's, it's actually, a, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, um, you know, again, encourage everybody to come out and watch us. It's, 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 a, it's a good sporting event. Well, coach, we want to wish you the best on the season. I'm sure that we'll have you back on the show again to talk about the LA Galaxy, too. We'll be out at some of those games covering that as well. So, uh, all the best, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks a lot. We'll see you, Josh. All right, thanks, Kurt. All right, that's LA Galaxy 2 head coach Kurt Anolfo on the show. Always great to have Kurt on the show. Great, great guy. Really, really enjoy having him on. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. Whenever I get back, going to be joined by LA Galaxy 2 captain Jack McBean. That's right. Our LA Galaxy 2 focus continues with LA Galaxy 2 captain Jack McBean, who's had a great preseason. Can't wait to talk to him. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Recording from deep within Landon Donovan's secret Cambodian lair, is Corner of the Galaxy. Welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh with you one more time. Just got done talking with LA Galaxy 2 head coach Kurt Anolfo. It was great hearing Kurt as always. And now we're going to be joined by LA Galaxy 2 captain, newly named captain, Jack McBean. So, uh, Jack, first of all, wanted to thank you so much for uh, taking some time out of your busy day to give us a call here. We certainly appreciate it. 
Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. All right, Jack. Well, well, like I said, newly named captain for LA Galaxy 2. Uh, you were the MVP of the team last year. Uh, how has all this seemed to progr- be progressing after you signed a homegrown contract at, at, at age 16? Now you're, you're five years into it at 21. It seems like it's been a, a lot of back and forth, up and down, but, but things are looking real up for you right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, first couple of years was, was difficult to uh, you know make any sort of real progress. And then kind of when the Galaxy 2 thing came in, um, my first year with it, it was, it was a bit of a struggle and then had a great season last last year um and then kind of took it into preseason this year and, and uh it's been going well so. yeah yeah as, as kurt said nine goals for you in the preseason um he actually commented more on your hold-up play more than anything else what kind of ty- I, I keep trying to explain everybody what kind of striker you are exactly how you play your game how would you describe your game as a striker um yeah i mean i'm a, I'm a bigger guy and and uh definitely you know kind of a more traditional number nine um guy who likes to hold the ball up and and uh you know win win balls in the air um but also you know get myself in and around the box and and uh get some goals so yeah, yeah, and it seems to have been uh, working for you so much. I, I think a lot of LA Galaxy fans forget that it, you were getting some first team minutes uh, and had an unfortunate uh, collarbone break. I believe wasn't that it against uh, RSL, right? Yeah, that's right. So that was my second year. Um, you know, first team had some injuries, and I stepped up and I think started six games in a row or something, and, and was playing really well. And then, um, unfortunately, you know, got injured, but that's all part of it. Um, just trying to make make my way back, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, how how does that mess with your mindset a little bit? Obviously, you you sign with the LA Galaxy whenever you're you're young, one of the young, the, the youngest homegrown player ever to be uh, signed by the LA Galaxy at the age of 16. Um, you go in, you like you said, you start a whole bunch of games, you get injured, and then you you don't see any first team minutes for for uh, you know for a while there. Uh, does that does that mess with you mentally? Is that hard to to overcome? Um, a little bit. I mean, coming back from the injury. Um, I mean, like I said, I was, I was playing for the most part because a couple guys were, were on international break and there were some injuries, but I, you know, I did well and, and took advantage of that. And, uh, you know, when I came back from my injury, a couple of those guys were back. So I kind of was, uh, you know, sent, sent back to, uh, the bench more or less for the rest of that year. Uh, it was tough. Um, uh, just seeing, seeing the games and, and knowing that I could play, um, you know, up to that level. And um, it was frustrating at times, but uh, I definitely grew as a player and as a person from it. Well, well, if a lot of people don't know where, where you come from, uh, grew up in Corona Del Mar, went to Corona Del Mar High School, which happens to be my rival high school because I went to Newport Harbor. Um, now, granted, I don't think we even play each other that much anymore because they've they've switched around leagues. But whenever I was playing, we used to play each other all the time, and it was an actual rivalry. So uh, another Orange County kid uh, had a lot of success with uh, with the Newport Beach Slammers as national champs. Um, let's see, three rings with the LA a Galaxy One, obviously with the senior team. Um, you know, your MVP last year at LA Galaxy Two. How has all this started to uh, really shape up for you? What has been uh, your main focus here in the last, let's say, last year and a half? Um, last year and a half, um, you know, I've been focused just trying to take it day by day as cliche as that sounds. Um, but we got so close last year to winning the the USL championship. Uh, and, and I knew I was coming back to galaxy two, uh, shortly after that happened. So ever since then, I mean, feeling hasn't really gone away. Um, and that's, I, I think definitely, you know, coaching staff, myself and the guys that were that we're playing last year are going to use it as motivation to try and get back there again and, and finish the job. Yeah, I mean, that that is close. I, I talked to Kurt about it. I asked him how it felt and, and how difficult it was to sort of, you know, revamp it and, and, and try to start all over again because you're, you're you know, a minute away from winning the USL championship. Um, you know, things go sideways there towards the end. Um, now you have this whole off season that seems like it's probably too long. The preseason probably feels like it's too long, too. How, how, how do you deal with all that as a player, knowing that you get so close and now realizing that you have to start it all over again? It's tough. I mean being a minute away from from winning something that uh you know takes nine ten months to get to um it's it's really tough but you know going in every day i'm not thinking about it every single time i'm on the field you know i'm I'm more focused on uh you know getting myself and and the team off off to a good start on saturday um 
and I know it's it's a really long season and and it's a grind, but uh, you know we want to we want to be in a position where where we can win it at the end of the year, and and that's all that really matters. What talk a little bit about Saturday? Obviously, Arizona United coming into town. Uh, talked about at seven thirty p.m. on Saturday night. Uh, a bunch of awesome things going on. Playing at the main stadium, so everybody already knows that. Already heard me talk about that with Kurt. Uh, but what goes through your mind looking at Arizona? And I think you guys played them in preseason not too long ago as well. So, so what do you expect from them? Yeah, I mean, we expect them to bring uh, to bring a more experienced team, um, a good team with with guys that have played in MLS. Um, it looks like they got got a, a bunch of new players, new coach. Um, so you know it's 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 hard to to really know what to expect out of them in the way they play, um, just because it's the first game of the year and there's not not much video of of, of games that they've played. Um, but yeah, we're we're expecting a really hard game and hard fought game that you know they're going to come out and try and win. Yeah, it's it it should be an exciting game for sure. Um, you know, as as you look, and I talked to Kurt about this. You know, there's sort of this dual role for LA Galaxy too, and the fact is that you know ultimately that that first ultimate goal for them is to produce players for the senior team and uh, four players signed with the senior team last year. Uh, probably most of those players will be available uh, as LA Galaxy 2 players again at, at some point or throughout the season and how it all works. So so whenever you know that the number one goal uh, is to develop those players, is to get guys like you to the senior team and, and, and get you starting and really develop that, um, you know, how is it as a player? Do you do you realize that that ultimately, you know, winning is great, but that you know the individual performance may be something that's more important than the overall team performance? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you want to you want to win games and uh, and all that, but also you want to you want to progress your career individually as well. Um, looking looking at some of the guys last year that signed, you know, we had a really good year, a great season, and. Uh, I don't know if if we didn't make the playoffs, how many guys would have signed, you know? So right. it's it's hard to say. I think it goes kind of hand in hand uh, with, you know, Ari had an unbelievable year. Diop was was really good in goal. Stairs, who's, you know, been starting with the first team, you can tell, just fits right in. So um, I think for me, I mean, I want to I wanna score as many goals as I can and, and have as many assists as I, I can, but also you know, it, no one doesn't play to not want to win. That right. makes sense. So, uh, yeah, I think they go hand in hand. What What are your goals then for, the, for this, for this particular season? Um, my goals for this year would just to be one of the leading goal scorers on the team and, and, uh, hopefully in the USL and, and, uh, to set, to set our team up for, for a good playoff run again. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's going to be the ultimate goal. It should be uh, very exciting. Everybody should get out to the game. Game is at seven thirty p.m. at the main stadium. We told you two dollar tacos, two dollar beers. Alan Gordon tailgating beforehand, and some great USL action coming up uh, for the LA Galaxy too. Well, Jack, I want to thank you for uh, for stopping by. You've uh, you've been great. I know you were very busy today, so uh, thanks for doing it. I'm sure we'll have you back on the show real soon. All right. Yeah, anytime. Thanks for having me. All right. There's LA Galaxy 2 Captain Jack McBean on the show. Great to have him at Jack McBean on Twitter if you want to follow him. He is a, a, a great guy. Like I said, a local Orange County guy. We, we have the rivalry going. Everything seems like it's uh, real good there as well. LA Galaxy 2 face off against Arizona United, 7.30 p.m. Main Stadium. There's no reason you shouldn't be there. There's no senior team game. They have it off. I would expect you'll see some of them in suites around there as well, watching this game as well. So a lot of really good stuff to uh, to take into account as we go. Whenever I get back, Jared will be rejoining me. We'll be opening up the phone lines, going over your LA Galaxy news, all the fun stuff that we have in store for you always right here on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Still too young to be drafted by Bruce Arena, it's 
Corner of the Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh and Jared back with you once again. Great to have uh, Jack McBean on. Great to have uh, Kurt and Alpo on, Jared. Uh, everybody sort of ramping up for the LA Galaxy 2 game coming up on Saturday. Again, another LA Galaxy 2 game being played on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Kurt filled us in that that was in the main stadium as well. So some LA Galaxy 2, some USL action uh, coming up on the weekend and in the middle of next week, which is which is good. I mean, this is this is the future of the LA Galaxy, and you've seen it now, Jared. They talked about a bunch of guys who have gone up from LA Galaxy 2 to be signed by LA Galaxy on senior team contracts. This is uh, this is the future of the LA Galaxy. Yeah, Kurt Anolfo was such a sneaky good signing by LA for by Bruce Arena when uh, <clears throat> he brought him onto his coaching staff. Uh, Kurt Anolfo, former coach of Kansas City, DC, former national team player. A lot of people don't that know that whose career was cut short by uh, by illness. Uh, but fantastic addition to the LA Galaxy uh, stable of coaches and. Uh, Bruce Arena has two head coaches basically coaching underneath him. Yeah, and it's a really, really good function uh, to, to, for for LA, and uh, these kids are learning from a great guy. We talked about how stacked the LA Galaxy are. It goes all the way through the coaching staff as well with Kurt Anolfo, Dave <clears throat> Sarakin, Pat Noonan. Um, you have Kenny Arena in there as well. I mean, there are a ton of top quality coaches for the LA Galaxy, and it's probably one of the reasons they've had so much success. Even Jovan Karofsky on the technical side, Pete Vianis on the technical side. There's there's just just tons of stuff there uh, for the LA Galaxy. Deep in the coaching uh, <laughs> coaching ways, that's uh, that's good stuff. All right, uh, the LA Galaxy team news. Well, first of all, let's open up the phone lines nine four nine seven three four four two one seven. If you want to call, talk about either the LA Galaxy two game. You want to talk about San Jose? You want to talk about the team in general? We'd love to hear from you. 949-734-4217. And Jared, I wanted to get to one caller who called into the COG hotline. Remember, this is our voicemail number that you can always leave a message in after the games. And we have one from Eric. So let's get to Eric before we get to LA Galaxy News. So here he is. Uh, hi, this is Eric from the Mar Vista section of West Los Angeles. I was, of course, greatly relieved that we beat San Jose this weekend. But the main thing I came away with after that game is the feeling that the LA Galaxy is no longer special. Sure, on any day we can beat somebody, but I'm certain the rest of the league looks at us and says, hey, we can beat them. So I'm hopeful for the future, but trying to be realistic. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, all right, Jared. Eric thinks this team isn't special, that nobody fears the LA Galaxy anymore. What do you think? Uh, I get that. I get that. I think it's a short sample size to to go on. I mean, let's not forget uh, the first month when Giovanni DeSantos joined last season, LA looked like people were talking about the best team ever in MLS. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I may, there, there I, I may have done a podcast. Yeah. I may have done Granted, they're a long way from that now, and I'm not sure what it's going to take to get them back there. But let's also talk about an elephant in the room no one wants to talk about. Robbie Keane's getting older. Yes. You know, I mean, are you really expecting him to get you 17 goals this season? I'm probably expecting it, but I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know if it's, that's what's going to happen. Yes. And you can also say, does LA have any real true game changer like Landon Donovan was? No, no, I mean, not anymore. And with Robbie Keane getting older and not showing exactly what maybe you expect to see from Robbie Keane the first three games. Granted, small sample size, agreed. We've had five games with the LA Galaxy through CCL. Yeah, but and it, it's, it's like when your pet turns 15, you know, like you want to believe that <laughs> yeah. it's still the pet you have, but you know sooner or later this is coming. Yeah, are you saying we Robbie have to take... Robbie Keane isn't eternal. We have, we have to take Robbie Keane and put him down? Is this... and, no, I'm not going no. to put okay. him down, but I mean, it's... It doesn't say anything or tarnish any part of his legacy. He's been a fantastic player for LA Galaxy, and he probably will be again this season. He'll probably be better than the, definitely the top probably 10% of strikers in this league. Right. But it's LA, and you can't be top 10%. You know, you got to be the guy if you're going to play for LA. And it, it, Robbie Keane needs more support than he is. He might still be able to be that guy, but he's not getting the support to prove it. And I don't think Robbie Keane is still in a place where he can take on two defenders at a time. And make his own shot. Yeah, you've seen a lot of that, actually, Jared. I think you've seen a lot of uh, you know times Robbie Keane has taken people on and you know it hasn't been pulled off. Now, granted, early in the season, he had an offseason. He rested up. Maybe he just hasn't found that form yet. But he complained after the LA Galaxy game. He was not happy 
um, after after the game. He talked to Time Warner Cable Sportsnet. He didn't, wasn't able to talk to everybody because he had to get on a plane to Ireland. But just real quick on his quotes, he said, uh, Robbie Keane on the, the LA Galaxy says, not really. I think the, the only reason we came out was because they had 10 men. It's simple as that. I think it would have been a completely different game if they didn't get a man sent off in the first half. We weren't good enough at creating chances, and we were just a bit slow at, t- slow at times. He also says that uh, the offense needs to create more chances, keep the ball. That's two games that I haven't touched the ball very often. So changing the system or something, because when you play the front on your own, naturally you don't get many touches as a number nine. But what you should be doing is getting some chances in, and I haven't gotten any of those chances in the last few games, so that's a bit disappointing. So hopefully that will change in the next few weeks. Robbie Keane following the game against San Jose. I I agree with them. I I even said this. I went on another podcast, and I said that you know I don't think the LA Galaxy have learned anything so far with their different lineups about what's working, what's not working in the first three games. I mean, granted, I think people should be ecstatic that the Galaxy aren't 0-3 like Seattle and panicking. Uh, I think we've learned that Steven Gerrard doesn't work. I I think that that very well may be the case. Right and and it's not. I, I, well, listen. Also, LA fans, if you're being honest with yourselves, this was always going to be a bubble year. It, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Josh. Robbie Keane's last contract season, correct? I believe so. I don't believe he has for a sure. Contract Stephen Gerrard's last contract season. Yes. And so he, what Bruce Arena's done is he secured his spine, built good pieces around, and this summer, or not summer, this summer, next fall, he's ripe to just basically replace a striker, replace a center midfielder with two burgeoning stars. That can maybe can transform this team and take it into the next generation with LA Galaxy. Yeah, I mean, basically that's what it is. This is a turnkey season. It's built good enough to compete this year, maybe even win. But what this is really about was positioning a lot of the spine and and peripheral players, so at the end of this season you can pluck out Robbie Keane, you can pluck out Steven Gerrard, and find two big name talents that can come replace those two positions. And maybe even you sign a extension Robbie Keane, but you have to make it clear he's probably not going to be the starter for much longer. I think that having Robbie Keane be that guy that you're depending on to play one ninety minutes as a as a striker is is probably not going to happen very soon. Which means that and listen, and listen, he can come back. He's probably got a couple good seasons in him still, but you can't bring him back as on the money that he's on now. It, it's it's gets it gets dicey. This is where it's one of those things: is you cut the cord. Do you let Robbie Keane go knowing that he wants to still be the man and knowing that you can't make him be that man, be the be the guy that you're focused on uh, for the LA Galaxy? I think this is one of those things where you, you would say, you know, Jared, do you cut the cord a year too early or do you cut it a year too late? And you're, you're borderline right now. No, I, I think Bruce Arena structured this perfectly fine. I think uh, at the end of this season, if Robbie Keane wants to get paid big bucks, say, okay, thank you. We've had a great run. Appreciate it. We go out and we grab someone. Uh, uh, to have someone fresh that you're going to build the next five years around. Right. Or you say, hey, do you want to restructure and come in for either a very low DP, a low DP salary or something you can buy down with Tam and come back as, uh, as the second striker? Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be really interesting. We said that, you know, the, the bridge here, the bridge player that Bruce was looking to to sort of, you know, keep this talent going and keep the team pointed was going to be Giovanni Dos Santos. And yeah. you haven't seen a lot from him yet. And that's very worrying, more so than Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard is 35 years old, going to be 36 years old, I think, by the time the season's over. Mm-hmm. Um, he's played his career. Whether or not he can handle, you know, 90 minutes anymore or whether or not his body's going to give out, we see him get this injury. Um, you know, those are all questions that come whenever you're 35, 36 years old. Giovanni Dos Santos isn't that old. Uh, no, this, no, but it's kind of par for the course for him. It, it does. It seems like everything's repeating. I thought that he would have a lot more success in Major League Soccer right at the back. Granted, I still don't think he's ever been 100% healthy with the LA Galaxy, but I, I thought starting this year that he would be. I still think that positionally he shouldn't be playing up top with Robbie Keane. I don't think that works at all. So quite honestly, I want to see him out on the wing, but he's never been healthy enough to be in that wing position. And yeah, be able here's to what's do dangerous. That. Do you take out what's working in Mike McGee? Right. And maybe even uh, Legette. Right. And you want to put, you have to put Giovanni Santos. You're paying him too much not to put him in. That's what everybody. But some I, of these other players, I think, are doing better. Th- this is one of the things that I, I, I constantly have to preach, and it's absolutely 100% true. How much you make matters whenever it comes to whether or not you play. All right. Because there's too much money sitting on the bench if you're going to sit Steven Gerrard or if you're going to sit Giovanni Dos Santos. There's too much money. You're not going to bench them if they're not hurt. All right, so those guys are starting. So how do you make it work around those guys? And that's something I don't think the LA Galaxy have figured out. I think maybe they lucked into some games at the very beginning whenever you had uh, Gerard and, and, and Dos Santos whenever they first joined the team. I think the LA Galaxy 
by by the way, the offseason pickups they made made this team so much better. Uh, with Yel Van Dam and Ashley Cole, who's been a revelation, go on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Yeah, three games. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, if he's still doing this ten games in, I'm eating my hat because I was not a fan of that of that move. We just talked about Ashley Cole on cornerofthegalaxy.com from the box with LA Galaxy insider Adam Serrano and Tukney Wynn. Check that out. Great conversation. Are you contractually obligated to call him LA Galaxy yes, insider. At absolutely. All times? Yep. I, I make that joke all the time. Yes, I am. So, uh, so you you have Adam and uh, Tukney talking about Ashley Cole. We had um, some articles on cornerofthegalaxy.com talking about Ashley Cole as well. Go there. Also, want a quick shout out before the show gets over because we're quickly running out of time. Uh, Davis Rothman, our thirteen-year-old writer, published his first article on Corner of the Galaxy talking about Robbie Keane and why he thinks that he's the best. So please go to cornerofthegalaxy.com and read Davis's uh, Davis's article there. Always uh, always good stuff. All right, we have some quick stuff. I want to get through some, just some real quick LA Galaxy news. Um, really where it all starts and ends is the LA Galaxy have this week off. They go back on uh, back to Vancouver on Saturday, April 2nd. Um, then they are home to Portland on Sunday, April, uh, April 10th. Friday, April 15th, away at Houston. Saturday, April 23rd, home to Real Salt Lake. That is your April schedule coming up for the LA Galaxy. So keep an eye on that. There are some good... There's there's two well let's see I don't even know if we know what Portland is yet I think Portland's still a pretty good team I think they're, uh, they're prove damn that. good they're gonna be damn good this this season uh they they've I I I really like what they have uh, had to offer and uh I I'm, I think that they they could definitely repeat the season if if they wanted to uh they they're they're just so good in so many different areas they're so dynamic the play of Darnton Nagby is really maturing right now and uh it's they're fun to watch, man. They're really, really fun to watch. Well, and we talked about Vancouver being the first real test for the LA Galaxy. That's going to be a great game to watch uh, again. And guess what? Dynamo might be a test for once. I, I thought that they were going to clearly be the worst team in the Western Conference. Oh, and they might be defensively. Yeah. <laughs> they, I think they've given up more goals than the other team, but they've also, I think, I think they're also the highest scoring team. They, they very well may be. Uh, yeah, Houston um, got out, outgunned by New York last weekend. I think that was a 4-3 game. Um, just, just a crazy, horrible defensive game. Just ridiculously bad from the Red Bulls and Houston, but at the same time, exciting. A 4-3, a seven-goal game. You don't get that too often. Uh, Real Salt Lake is is uh, another question mark. I mean, that's how it is with Major League Soccer. It's very hard to predict how these teams are going to do at the beginning and what they're going to look like at the end and how that all goes through. Um, you know, Real Salt Lake has had some success. That's that's just an interesting team. It's not the RSL of of past. No, but they're really going to go as far as as Joel Plata can carry him. I think that's going to be their mantra this season. I think they're they're decent. Um, but uh, they they hinge a lot on his play. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that. So again, so those are your four games: Vancouver, Portland, uh, Houston, and Real Salt Lake. Two home games, two away games. That's what you need to pay attention to for April in the LA Galaxy. Um, international duty. I already told you. Robbie Keane with Ireland. Yassi Zardes with the U.S. Men's National Team. AJ De La Garza with Guam. Uh, Guam was facing off against uh, Oman. They lost that game one to nothing. Guam did. I think Guam's chances of qualifying for the World Cup have now slipped completely out of hand there. Uh, perhaps with the win in this game, they could maybe squeak in, but they were down in fourth, then they lost this game. That may even drop them even further. So AJ De La Garza with Guam doing doing hero's work out there for uh, for Guam, but uh, I think they're going to fall a little bit short. Robbie Keane has two games coming up. Switzerland on 325, Slovakia on 329. Both of those games are in Ireland. And Jossi Zardes plays in uh, World Cup qualifying uh, for 2018 for the U.S. men's national team facing Guatemala away and then Guatemala at home. 325 away, 329 at home, played up in Ohio. So look for those games as well. That's sort of where you sit with all of the news. Um, anything else, Jared? Anything you want to comment on? I think that's it, man. I don't think I have much of yeah, it's uh, it, it was a busy week, obviously with two two uh, interviews. We didn't have as much time to get to uh, to a lot of things, but glad we got to highlight some of the LA Galaxy two stuff again. Seven thirty p.m. kickoff time on Saturday. This is Main Stadium, LA Galaxy two versus Arizona United. Definitely want to be there. Seven thirty p.m. LAGalaxy.com forward slash tickets forward slash LA Galaxy two is how you can get tickets to this. Like I said, lots of people have free tickets floating around. If I find anyway, any of them. I'm going to pass them out to you guys as well. So we'll see everybody out there. Alan Gordon's going to be hosting a tailgate as well. So if you want to party with uh, with Gordo, this is your this is your chance, Jared. I know you're going to miss it, but I mean, you know, you should be partying with Gordo. Um, I'm going to uh, party at home with a bottle of wine. All right, suit yourself. That's how it goes. All right, why don't you tell people where they can find you? We'll get on out of here. You can get me on Twitter at jrodius, J-R-O-D-I-U-S. Also, if you're looking for the other host of this show, you can get 
Corey Ritzau at Corey Ritzau, R-I-T-Z-A-O-Z-A-U. And also our good friend Wendy Thomas at Bard's Blonde. There you go. So there's all of your hosts there for Corner of the Galaxy. Follow all of them. All of our great writers as well. Go to cornerofthegalaxy.com and you can find out where you can follow those guys on Twitter and everything else. Cornerofthegalaxy.com for all those articles. If you're looking for me on Twitter, at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. Of course, that one covers mostly just The Bachelor and how I'm going to make a Bachelor Fantasy League for next year. Working on that. We'll, we'll have details if you want to play like along. Like you don't have enough hobbies. Yeah, I know. It's, it's one of those things, so you have to do it. It's mandatory. Um, if you're looking for the show, obviously, at Galaxy Podcast, and that's me 99% of the time, so check us out there. That's where you find all of your game stuff, all of the info news that you want to find. Head over to cornerofthegalaxy.com, where you can go shopping as well. All right, shopping for stickers. Sounds like a lot of fun. We have a great deal. Three stickers, $8. That's a discount because I'm selling them free. Or three are one for three dollars. So go ahead, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com with the shop. Help support the show. That's really what it's about. If we sell enough stickers, then maybe we'll be able to branch out to some other lines of merchandise. We're maybe looking at scarves, maybe some beer koozies. Don't know. Trying to do a whole bunch of stuff, so please do that. Back pocket memory, the providers of this music, please go to iTunes.com and do all of that stuff for back pocket memory. Uh, they're great guys, they allow us to use their music, so please download their latest album. Victory and Empire, some great stuff. Also want to tell you about an event coming up on Sunday, April 10th. You have Red Card Events. Red Card Events is putting together a great deal that includes a two-hour pregame, mini-style soccer skills and tournaments, private tailgate, game ticket on the east sideline, a portion of the proceeds go to Scoba Food Bank as well. This is on April 10th. RedCardEvents.com. They're a great organization doing a lot of great stuff, bringing a lot of people to games. So please do that for Sunday, April 10th versus the Portland Timbers price just $35. All right, you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com and we will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backheel.com. Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at Backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Aramos, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye everyone.